Hello, nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, Daniel. Thank you so much for the chance to speak. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm not exaggerating when I say the film is incredible. It really, wow. truly is. Pipeline is a very, very special film. Thank you, man. Uh, absolutely. Uh, where Where did you get the idea for the film? How did this begin? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, Jordan Scholl, one of the writers, is an academic and has always wanted to adapt a work of academic theory into a film. And uh, he recommended the book to me and Ariella for, you know, the three of us have been looking to work together. And I think that very quickly, you know, we just fell in love with the ideas and the notion of dramatizing these, um, these um, ideas in a way that delivers literally on the title. It, it is it is really interesting. It does. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of funny because with a title like this, it actually sort of it really gets into the 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 nitty gritty of it. And and I, one of the things I loved about the film as well is its broken narrative style. I was wondering how that developed and why you, that was so important for you to to make use of. Yeah, I think that. The nonlinearity, it, it takes, I think, a couple, there's a couple of reasons for it. I think that, you know, it's about wanting to be able to have a movie that feels like a, like a bullet train, but that also has a lot of ideas that are kind of delivered in it. Um, and that kind of, you know, so it was, it was, it was at first kind of a way of solving for that. But formally, I think it communicates something quite interesting, which is the way that lived experience of the past always informs the present. And I think that that's one of the things that I think people are instinctively responding to is this notion that like the things that have happened to you that have defined who you are do define the actions, the direct actions that one might take. And I think that, you know, part of the thing that the movie is setting forth rhetorically through that structure is this notion of self-defense and kind of recognizing the ways in which what everybody is doing is a form of self-defense. I'm so glad you said that because this was one of the things that I think really makes the film works is there's not just diversity of the cast, there's diversity of the stories so this this may be one pipeline per se, but this is many different people affected in many different ways. Um, and I was wondering from your perspective, you know, each of these characters is affected in a different way. Do you think we truly uh, even can comprehend the number of ways we're affected by the environmental crisis? Because this is seems to be taking on so many different directions in the film. Um. I mean, no, I think, I think that yes and no. I think that broadly speaking, you know, we've been studying the climate crisis for 40 years, 50 years. My parents work in climate science and have my whole life. I think that there are so many things that we do understand about what we're doing to our environment and to the way that it is going to irreparably harm our ability to live on planet earth. Um, I think that, you know, the individual level of suffering is obviously incalculable, but I think that broadly speaking, we do know what we're doing and we also know what we can do to stop it. Well, that, that makes our, uh, 
begs a great question because uh, one of the things about this film, I love the conversation when they're sitting around and they're discussing the line between terrorist and revolutionary. I'm just wondering where you think that line is. I think it's a totally arbitrary line. I think that those are lines that have been designated by the state. You know what I mean? Like, like, these are generally ways that the um, uh, this is the way that history and the victors of history kind of try to write things to justify things in retrospect uh, or, or or vice versa. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that, that ultimately you have to just look at the act and look at the moral justification for the act and decide whether or not it's a justified act or not. Well, absolutely. So then uh, just to follow that up, do you think there's a time when it's right to do something wrong or what that line is? Well, I think that the question is whether or not what the characters do is wrong. Hmm. Um, You know, I think that one of the things that the movie is interrogating is this notion of property, this notion of, you know, if you have built a, um, a, an instrument of death in the shape of an oil refinery, an oil infrastructure that just kind of poisons the world around it. By what right does it have to exist? Mm. And, and I think that that's one of the deeper questions the movie is asking is why do we take for granted the notion that infrastructure that kills the planet is right and that it can only be defeated through the action of the state while also recognizing that the state essentially is part of the system that requires the infrastructure of death and you know i think a a great allegorical representation of this is you know you think about the nature of the first star wars movie you have a giant piece of planet-killing infrastructure, and the movie is about the fact that the only way to get rid of it is by a bunch of rebels strategically destroying it. And I think that we see what the rebels do in Star Wars is an unambiguous moral good. But I think that it also kind of reveals some of the limitations of allegorical storytelling, that some of the moral provocations and questions being asked by that movie have gone kind of completely without cultural digestion on a broad scale. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's that conversation that they're having together when they're discussing it. It's, it's interesting because some of the characters say, well, you know, this is destruction of property or they, they talk about, well, oil prices are going to spike, you know, these sorts of conversations are up, but, but you make a great point is that there's unequivocally this responsibility um, to on a larger scale as well. And, and certainly, yeah, you know, we, we don't often put the delve into the depth of those conversations um, in these sorts of, in these sorts of narratives. And I think it's, I, I, I think it's a, Wonderful, wonderful question to be asked in this film. Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you, just thinking about 
about this and your experience with the audience and wondering what you hope people take away from the film. Um, conversation, provocation. I think, I think hoping that people reflect and, you know, engage with this question of self-defense. And I think viewing climate activism and climate activists differently and then perhaps hopefully getting more involved with the climate movement. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I hope that as well. Certainly, certainly a film like that. Like, you know what I love about this film too is it's having these conversations and it's so much fun. Uh, it, it balances both so, so well. Um, it's, it's an adrenaline ride and asks some really big questions. So, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for the time to chat with you. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful and I am, I'm grateful, grateful for the time to, to chat with you. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. No.